I'm Tom Francis, and this is Next Up to the Mic, featuring readings and performances from the poets and spoken word artists that have appeared at regional events such as Albany Poets Presents, Poets Speak Loud, Brass Tacks, Nitty Gritty Slam, and the Albany Work Fest. In this 10th episode of the podcast, we welcome Christopher Johnson, who is our featured poet at Nitty Gritty Slam number 93 at the Low Beat on Central Avenue in beautiful downtown crime-free Albany, New York on Tuesday, May 5th, 2015. Christopher Johnson is a recipient of the 2018 Rhode Island State Council of the Arts Fellowship for Playwriting. He is also a finalist for the 2018 McColl Johnson Fellowship and an award-winning slam poet. Timely, relevant, honest, unapologetic, personal, and political, Christopher Johnson's spoken word commands in a way that is uncomfortable and arresting. Educated in performance art through experience and mentorship, it has been said that his pieces touch the heart with feathers and barbed wire alike, speaking uncomfortable truths, invoking the best and worst human emotions. Christopher's presence demands attention in a way that leaves people captivated and eager to hear more. Using words like a dancer uses movement or a painter uses color, his delivery is nuanced. There is an expressive intention in every gesture without it appearing choreographed. Able to evoke deep-seated, dormant emotions through writings and performance, Johnson's emotional expression through his art transcends race, gender, and other divisions. His impassioned words reach into the collective soul of all of us, touching and expressing our own pain, fear, and love, as well as his own. When Christopher is on stage, you can rest knowing you are safe in his capable hands, treating strangers like family, guaranteeing both the content and delivery will remain a part of you forever. That's just part of Christopher Johnson's incredible bio, and you can find out more about him, his publishing credits, and all of the organizations and individuals that he's worked with over the years on his website. It is T-H-E-N-C-R-E-D-I-B-U-L-L.com. The Incredible.com. The link is in the show notes. Check it out. So without any further ado, please welcome, next up to the mic, Christopher Johnson. I say spoken, you say what? Spoken? Spoken? I say let's, you say get it? Let's get it! Let's get it! Spoken? Let's get it! Come on, black people got rhythm. Spoken? Let's get it! Spoken? Let's get it! All I have in life is right now. Right now, I don't know what's going to happen because there are a lot of right now happening right now. But I do know I like to make this now the best now it could possibly be. And you can help me by repeating after me. So please repeat after me. I dedicate this perfect now. 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 To being the best now it could possibly be. To being the best now it could possibly be. We don't have time to concern ourselves with the petty things in life, minimizing our nows. A friend of mine once told me there are a plethora of personality types in the world. One definite factor in life: meeting assholes is unavoidable. <laughs> Assholes have a one purpose, to shit, and they will shit on you with no regard simply because that's who they are. Assholes. But assholes was a shit low on the body. You have to be lower than an asshole in order to be shit on by one. So the trick to avoid being shit on is to never allow yourself to be lower than an asshole. Please repeat after me again. I have no time to be shit on. I have no time to be shit on. All I have is now. 
you breathe from? I don't know. I said from my stomach, from my lungs. Wrong answer, he replied. When you breathe, inhale from the edge of the universe. Start from the limits of all that you know, then breathe deeper. Smell pineapple in Hawaii, gumbo in New Orleans, find out if starlight is just a god part. Because the Big Bang could have been a bad case of gas. We can't think past our vocabulary, but we can imagine what doesn't exist. Think about it. The automobile and all of its parts at one time were just thoughts. Thoughts are real. The physical is illusion. Stretch your mental limitations. Imagine what you want. Believe, and it will be. Like, I believe I can fit infinity into now. Because you will remember me like I will remember you as being one of the greatest audiences I ever performed in my life. And we will remember this is one of the greatest moments in our lives. So good, we just can't wait to go tell somebody. Who will tell somebody? Who will tell somebody? Who will tell somebody? Making us all immortal. Please repeat after me one last time. We are here now. We are here now. Because now is where we are supposed to be. Because now is where we are supposed to be. And mortality happens in our hearts, but we live in our minds. Have you ever had an argument with someone who saw the very same occurrence? You saw the very same moment occurrence? Somebody you saw two totally different occurrences? It's all perception. Reality is exactly. I want you to repeat that. Yes. Have you ever had an argument with someone who saw the very same occurrence? You saw the very same moment it occurred, and somehow you saw two totally different occurrences? Yes. It's all perception. Reality is exactly how you perceive. The problem is we are all entitled to our own perceptions. Life should be paradise. Hell is your life gone wrong. Impossible is just the stuff you haven't done yet. Think of the goldfish. We're kept in a small bowl. It can only grow to a size comparable to its environment. But once you set that goldfish free, it will grow two and three times its size. Grow past all that you know to increase the qualities of your nows. Inhale inspiration. Exhale wonder. Remember, right now is all you have. So constantly ask yourself, how can I make this now the best now it can possibly be? When I say spoken, you say word. Spoken. Word. Spoken. Word. When I say take it, you say back. Take it. Back. Take it. Back. Spoken. Word. Take it. Back. Spoken. Word. Take it. Back. I want to take you where the wild things are. Together we can discover where the sidewalk ends while singing silly mnemonic songs reminding us of places we can only imagine going like Mrs. Venus's messy jelly sandwiches using nine plastic spoons. At the end of our journey, we'll sit under the giving tree. Talk about Amelia Bedelia, Alex's very bad day, and Harold's purple crayon. We'll have stone soup for lunch or top of spaghetti or covered with cheese until the ants go marching one by one. I want to keep you in a time when all the world's a rainbow, when New York Towers and London bridges never fall down. When you're happy you know it so much, the clapping of hands and stomping of feet resonates as earthquakes in China proving it's a small world after all. When your secret garden is the size of a jungle book, you'll realize the twinkle, twinkle of every star is not in the wondering how far up in the sky, but the greatness we see behind each other's eyes. And when that happens, little boys will never worry about being the only five black sheep in the room. And little girls will never worry about old McDonald having anything in his pocket but a smile. I once heard a kid say, there are two types of humans, children and people. See, children are like letters of the alphabet. 
all of the children could get along because all could be sung to the tune of the same song and bam, there was a light in the attic. As I said to myself, somewhere in the aging process, our innocence becomes lost boys following Peter Pan. What a wonderful world if we never grew up. If we always remain little engines that could create our own wonderlands. What if we never became precocious girls from our head, shoulders, knees, and toes and like the letters of the alphabet? The more we get together, the happier we would be. Come with me. Let me take you where the wild things are. Together we'll sing a rainbow over in the meadow, way out west in Kansas. I say spoken, you say word. Spoken, word. Spoken, word. I say one more, you say again. One more, yeah. one more. Yeah. Spoken, word. One more, yeah. spoken, word. One more. Yeah. Two angels were talking while traveling the south on the 99. One turned to the other and asked, Have you ever saved a life? I've never saved a life. But every morning I wake up, walk over to my sleeping angel, see her little chest heave, then I can breathe. I need to be moved. Most days I feel I'm walking through an emotionless dust bag, waiting to be dumped amongst other unwanted remnants of lives. Life is a universal circus. Most people are brave enough for the high wire or the fly to trapeze, so the world is overloaded with clowns. Just a bunch of showman shells filled with big voices and phony acts saying nothing I can believe in. I need to be moved. Most days I feel I'm trapped between a compressed set of lungs, a dormant trachea, a dry esophagus, a nostril refusing to breathe until I choke on the dust of the Muslim refugee camp tent of Fatima, circumcised for something she may or may not believe in. The women gather to hold her like tears sliding down Christopher's cheek. Told real men aren't supposed to cry. But he can't figure out what to do with the abandonment left in heart by mother, who couldn't figure out how to keep a roof over his head. Clothes on his back or food in his belly, like Sasha's admiration. Reaching up to a parent, not to be embraced by arms, but by the fact that you can't see her ribs anymore. Because in her homeland, skinny bodies are a sign of poverty. But in America, anything more than the weight of Barbie is less than precious. She grew into a supersized subcomplex of a psychological eating disorder trapped between a magazine self-image and a self-portrait her mother can be proud of. I have to wonder if this generation's obsession with aliens, vampires, and zombies is a metaphor for how strange we feel in our bodies and how many angels walk around counting the lives they save when I awake every morning, walk over to my sleeping angel, see her little chest heave before giving myself permission to breathe. Most days, it ain't about counting how many lives you save but how many times you can count your life being saved in that day. Two angels were tra talking while traveling south of the 99. I just looked at them and thank God for the angels that don't know that they're saving lives. I don't, I don't want people to tell how many from the bathroom or what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Um, I wanted, I wanted to, um, I used to be, I used to do like my whole set like that, like, like that, and then I turned 40. <laughs> Shit don't, don't work no more. <laughs> and I also, I also, um, even though I run every morning, I run like five to eight miles every morning, 
it just, it just, it's not like your body's just after forty. It's just different. So y'all can enjoy that. You know, she's like, is it? We ain't gonna tell you. Is it? As a matter of fact, I'm giving away a guy code secret. I they might kill me later on for even telling you all this shit. Um, um, I got I, I wanted to read a poem, but then I came up here without my freaking bag. Y'all, y'all, can I read real quick? Yeah. All right. I just brought my whole base camp up to the stage. So, everybody knows what's going on across the country. I ain't got to talk about it. Um, one of my friends, the other day I was having coffee with, was asking me about the whole Baltimore situation. And I, and I was like, you know, let's remove race from the situation, just real quick. We already know that. Like, we already know who the freaking target is. There's no way around it. That's not even a problem. The problem is, as long as we keep adding race to the situation, white people cannot identify with us. And as long as they can't identify with us, then we keep saying black, and they'd be like, okay, so. But we keep saying, we start saying, yo, humans are fucking dying. They can relate to that shit. We gotta change the message, we gotta change the, the nature of what we're doing. And um, the bigger issue is bad policing. The biggest issue that we have right now is bad policing. There's no way in the world somebody from this community should be, get a job in this community freaking policing, and he has no relation to these people whatsoever. It should be the people in the community policing yep. the people in the community. No more commuter cops. Yeah, commuter cops, yeah, pretty much. So, um, but I did write this poem about this shit, and it was so fitting when I wrote it five years ago. Six years ago, but it was a while ago when I wrote it. Y'all mind if I try it out on you? Here's the thing about this poem. If it's performed wrong, you're gonna hate it. If it's performed right, you're gonna love it. So let's all pray <laughs> to whoever we believe in. I'm not supposed to see them, the ghost, but they peek at me from floating fragments of dimensions and I can see them like I'm not supposed to notice red tail hawks perched upon highway lampposts in the form of Sankofa, like the message doesn't exist, like my next move won't matter, like my America is not killing black boys and letting white men walk away with murder. This is the wrong version of the poem. Yeah, but it's the wrong version. It is such the wrong version. It was such the wrong version. It was so the wrong version that what I do know is it is right here. I'm not supposed to see them the ghost, but they peek at me from floating fragments of dimensions and I can see them like I'm not supposed to notice red tail hawks perched upon highway lampposts in the 
inform. I'm saying COPA, like the message doesn't exist. Like my next move won't matter. Like my America is not killing black boys and letting white men walk away with murder. Like I'm not supposed to speak upon the ghost I see peeking at me from floating fragments of dimensions. Like blue uniforms flashing 4th of July behind me is not a profile. Like race is not a factor when white men capitulate to the urge to create ghosts. Like anyone who speaks about beings other than God or angels is crazy. Like it's okay to make angels out of black boy. Like calling white men devils is racist. Like race is not a factor in the murder trial. Like it's my fault I can see ghosts. Like red cell hawks perched upon highway lampposts in the form of Sankofa. Like I'm not supposed to see the message peeking at me like ghosts floating through fragments of dimensions like a mirror shattered and scattered across air. Like I know my next move matters in uniforms, 4th of July, by America behind me. Like I know not all white men are devils, just the ones making angels out of black boys and walking away with murder. Like I know I'm not, I'm supposed to relay the message. Like the message doesn't exist. Like I'm not all broken hero or shattered Haru. No Jonah, just Geppetto in the belly of the ghetto like ghost of murdered black boys peeking at griots and floating fragments, fractures of shattered dimensions. Griots, like poets, who should be more like prophets, like Jonah, not Geppetto in the belly of the ghetto, but prophets see prophets and the message gets distorted, shattered like pieces of mirrors, scattered through air, shattered ghosts of broken toys, wanting to be real boys. The ghosts, they speak to me. Missing flying or bites like angels to mother's kisses, buttermilk biscuits, and after school dances. Go speak to me, bragging of flying like angels and b ball pickup and puppy love machismo. Ghosts toss soul and universe to magic penny. Wish on me to become a man, not a boy with dreams of flying. Shattered like I could be one of them, like my next move doesn't matter. Like I'm not supposed to see the message. God graffiti on blue sky and white cloud and red tail hawk perched upon highway lamppost in the form of Sankofa, that white man with the urge to make ghosts, make black bodies fly like angels. Warning, my next move matters. Eyes full of ghosts. Life is unattainable for black boys. Better born angels. I'm gonna read one more, and then I got one more for memory. So I got this thing that I do. Um, a long time ago when I decided I really wanted to do this thing, um, my boy told me there's no such thing as a 30 poem. Like, uh, whatever audience you go to, poems are scored differently, and he's right. So what I did was I memorized 30 poems that I thought would be hot, so no matter what audience I was in, I'd be able to drop something hot, because I had 30 freaking poems memorized. I'm not gonna give you 30 poems tonight. <laughs> See? Nobody wants to hear, I don't give a fuck how good it is, nobody wants to hear 30 freaking poems. All right, so here's my thing. I tell every woman that ever asks me to write for them, I tell them, you don't want me to write for you. And they're like, why? I said, because when I write for you, it's over. I'm like, we're done. Like, oh. That's just it. And they're like, but, but you know, your poems, you write these love poems, and they're so beautiful. I said, yeah, those are people I've never met. 
<laughs> so I was like, if I, if I write about you and we're dating, when I write about you, everything that I find cute about you, I'm gonna find disgusting in the morning. So don't ask me to write about you. So this is my, yeah, it just happened. I don't know, it just happened. I didn't, I didn't, it just happened. I swear to God, just don't ask, you know? Let it happen. So this one, this is the last one that I wrote for the last one that I asked you to write tonight. <laughs> yeah, we, we just broke up. So anyway, and then there's that time we thought the world was coming to an end. Because everything we knew split into volcano and meteor shower, land mass, ocean, and moon. And we thought of all the things we never got to do, like kiss under waterfalls, take aurora borealis wings to our backs, monarch butterfly fandango in the wake of our heartbeat, whole palms spread eagle to a midnight sky, touch fingertips even just enough opening so it looked like the cosmos was trapped in the middle spaces, and go back to that place where we promised to love each other forever. Even though the first time I heard you say forever was in the bathroom mirror, when you tripped into my eyes, I wanted to believe you. Like when I looked in that very same mirror and saw forgiveness, looking like a loving God, wrapped in hurricane and honey. There was no beasting or tongue. My belly full of redemption that day. Whiskey matter, hailstorm my, as my insides wrestled itself. Love found herself, rock weeping without faith. Yet I wanted to believe in the free fall feel good beads of sweat upon an angel's forehead on the callous thumb tips of a hobo strumming goodbye youth on a cigar box electric guitar in a Mardi Gras hellbound caboose in front of a Shaktau slave train boxcar proving there are skins more painful than death. We agreed there is more to gorgeous than earth borrowed beauty. Time muscles everything to dust. There was never any backwards in our speech, yet still, I found myself returning every I love you that breathed itself magic. And in some ways, the world did end that day when everything we knew as us split apart. Mm. Uh. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna break up with somebody, make it pretty. That's my belief. I hope. Sorry. Sorry, I got one more, one more, you all think? Or, or? Yeah. All right. No, I, I'm saying one more because, because like, like that whole thing about adulation, if you were to say, no, do two, then I would do two. No! <laughs> two. Two. We have two. Two. Yeah, I'm boring you. What is good enough? That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. Um, so I was a part of this thing called Freedom Project. I'm going to give you two because there's a reason why. Uh, the Freedom Project was this play. Um, this, I'm a part of this. One of the dopest things I ever did was got get out of the slam community and start putting my art to use, use, use in, the, um, in the social justices community. And so I, I got with this... Um, I got with this dance company and they had these dancers that was choreographing dance to my poetry. And, I, and the dopest shit is when you're doing poetry and somebody's dancing and you're like, oh my God, they actually memorized dance moves to words I memorized. It's, it was so dope. And then we started doing them um, in, in schools and stuff like that. And it was all circled around the prison, the school to prison pipeline. And so here's one of those poems. 
I'm gonna wait because that's that's important. Trying to get the slam, bro? You trying to convince somebody to let you give up their spot so you get the slam? I'm just wondering. Alright. <laughs> you good? We're good. We're good. Alright. You can't blend in when the guy on stage is the only guy on stage. In fact, before, before we leave, I gotta take a picture, y'all, because. Oh my God, black people. <laughs> y'all don't understand. I wore this Fela t shirt like I'm gonna be angry. And then I came in and was like, oh my God. Oh, I can't be angry. Look at this. You know, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? I, I tell you what. If y'all have, if you don't believe me, Come visit me in Providence sometime. Walk around. Find yourself the only black person in the room all the time. Huh? Yeah, but they don't go out. They stay home. I know Africans in Providence. I smoke weed with, I, I, I do things with Africans in Providence. But like, you know, they don't go out. They stay in the house. All right, so here we go. I don't wanna, I wanna get to the slam because the slam is gonna be fire on the stand, right? Slam gonna be fire? Yeah! Is the slam gonna be fire? Yeah! Are we still in church? Yeah! All right. Any convict with half a brain will tell you only two reasons for being incarcerated love and stupidity. Maternal twins, so close in identity, they're often mistaken answering to each other's names. Unless you've done hard time, you're just an inmate. Convicts know how to carry themselves, but there's a misconception amongst convicts. The world is a prison without walls, and what you do in here, you do out there, and I don't talk about this much. I almost missed this. First fight, Monday Night Football, Dallas versus New York. Giants won, I lost. New cell, Andre Bezo and James Moten decided I really needed to learn how to fight. Everyone in the 16 bed cell, right hands and towels, I, the monkey in the middle, learned to duck and swing, take a punch while delivering two. Huntsville, three weeks of 118 degrees. You would hear a concession of toilets flushing like musical instruments as men, cool feet in the same metal bowl they shit in at night. You can see the second tier reflection in 15-foot windows, ever chill, a five-foot ball-headed frame. Grab bars bounced on tippy toes as we freestyle battle flows, holding whole conversations and rhyme schemes as other cells pounded beats, using pins to metal desks, fists to steel walls, and black men, sounding like they should have been singing songs to God, drop chorus lines and hooks about fighting redemption and being born again, crooks and I... I almost missed this. There's a literati whose intellect surpasses a dropped out educational profile. 
such as young men smart enough to use the information passed to them, distinguish each other by mixing codes. What are you searching for? I'm searching for the light. How far have you come as far as east is to west? My selling. 17 years for stabbing two white men to death. Said if I ever repeated these things, he'd kill me. On my last night, he asked me, you gonna miss us, ain't you youngster? The parties, the camaraderie, yeah, I reply. You know what institutionalized is, youngster? The prison without walls isn't the world outside, but the world of your mind. It's the idea of possessing things you don't own. Walk into a classroom calling a desk yours. Hustle on the block, you call it yours. They assign you a cell, and you call it yours. How do you fight an idea, youngster? Especially when it's ingrained in the psyche as institutionalization with another idea. Don't miss this, youngster. Don't ever miss us fight that idea. Because if I ever see you in here again, I'm going to make you my bitch. I'm going to sell your ass for a moon pie, make you a product of this institution. And I don't talk about this much. I usually say, I was locked up for my love of stupidity. But if you persist, I'll let you know. It's really a bad idea. And for my last poem of the night, um, this is going to be my last poem. So before I do my last poem for the night, this ain't my last poem. This is my last poem for the night. I never say my last anything. I remember the last time I said my last anything, I was lost in Lower East Side, Manhattan. And I said, this is my last time seeing these towers. And I moved to Boston, and the next day they fell. So I don't say that shit no more. Damn. Um, would you mind looking up? Because you're in the front, and you were like looking in the There you go. Oh, you smile. Awesome. Let's go to my Facebook. If y'all are interested, um, and any of my shit, if you if you Google The Incredible, um, it's The Incredible is spelled phonetically T-H-E-N, credible, but it's not bull, it's B-U-L-L, The Incredible, because I'm born in May. And no, no Tauruses? Tauruses? There's like three Tauruses in the room? Damn. That four or five. All right, and now we up there. All right, so, so you can like Google The Incredible, um, Christopher Johnson, Providence Poet, and I come up. All right. Last poem of the night for me. This is when writing becomes the aged black woman's hands. Field harder, boiling black pot stirring lard soap soft and smooth. When every bit of light heart pumped through body has been rinsed, dripped dry. So by the time the shine that is who you know yourself to be falls upon a pedestrian gaze a galaxy street away, That you is already gone. What's left? Groups inside, hoping there's enough you puddled somewhere to evaporate into a cloud of an idea that will become you. Because we don't hear that we are loved enough times in a day. And I've read, humans need at least eight hugs per 24 hours to remain sociable. There are three-year-old catatonic orphans in China who haven't experienced a human touch since the womb as proof. 
This is when you want to believe that cloud of an idea will storm inspiration, fertilize bones, and blossom into the soul of whatever it is you believe. This is when you want to believe in soul so much that every step away from whatever cardboard box, couch, or bed you drag yourself away from becomes a prayer. Marching to the life war, to the earlobe of whatever higher power you can conjure, begging the redemption of your dreams from whatever job or career you sold them to, because at night, when you are alone, your making a living doesn't hold you tight enough. Somewhere inside you, the fable of the wayward windblown rose that grew in a rock garden with obsidian granite surrounded, blooming the belief of you knowing you are beautiful. So hope on the broken of blossoms plucked by four-year-old girls, fingers strumming a field of four-chord, six-string guitars with singer-songwriter ambitions that were skyrocketing her to the stars like I was walking yesterday and witnessed the beanpole of a 14-year-old black boy playing pickup with the big men. Yet until he hit that yes, I can three-pointer resemble every bit of the dream that was once me. The only thing that lasted longer than the ball's hang time, that lasted longer than the I did that smile, was the yes, black fist with Michael Jordan persona. As this LeBron James coddle feet backpedaled towards defense. And I can't recall when this poem became more about life than writing, but I do know we got to live like pens. Keep pushing out the words until the ink runs dry and dry. It's an alcoholic dream come true. What a beautiful dream to achieve, so beautiful. I scribble love notes on boomerangs just to hope to get back what I put out in the world because maybe, like I love you, we don't get a hope enough times in the day. Like I hope to believe in my own words that no matter how dry life gets, my dreams will always ring beautiful. Thank you, y'all are beautiful. Thank you for listening to Next Up to the Mic. We couldn't do it without the very generous supporters of local poetry and spoken word. If you would like to support this and other Albany Poets projects, please go to albanypoets.com donate. And if you're a business and want to sponsor this podcast, send an email to albanypoets at gmail.com. To find out more about the great poetry and spoken word community right here in upstate New York, go to albanypoets.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Albany Poets.